it's just gone 4am here in the UK. It is Thursday, October the 8th, and the first and only vice presidential debate has just ended, and thankfully, it was a much better state of affairs than the total disaster that we had last time. I was making notes on my whiteboard throughout the night. Here they are, which I'll go through in just a second. But overall impressions of the debate, I think it was, on the whole, actually, my, my overall impression is that it actually was quite boring in a way. And that's probably more of a good thing that it was boring because we didn't have the shouting and interrupting. Well, we had some interruptions, but it was, you know, normal debate interruptions that you normally have. You know, Mike Pence would go over his time limit. Kamala Harris did sometimes as well. But actually, you know, you know just a normal, traditional, standard debate that we are used to seeing. And that was quite a relief. So, yeah, it was quite boring, you know, overall, you know, having watched it and, you know, thinking thinking back on it, quite boring. But, you know, I think both candidates did what they needed to do. There weren't any real standout moments as such. There were some very significant moments. And obviously, we have to recognise the historical um, importance of this debate. It's the first time we'll have had a black woman of Jamaican Indian heritage on the debate stage as a candidate for vice president, truly, truly historic moment for Kamala Harris and many folks in the US and all around the world will have been absolutely thrilled to see her doing her bit for Joe Biden, making a very, very strong case for him and also, more importantly, making the case against Donald Trump. That was one of the big things that we saw from Kamala Harris, not so much defending Joe Biden, but more so going after Donald Trump, especially on the coronavirus pandemic. Of course, as I said before, making the election a referendum on Donald Trump is the key to Biden and Harris winning. Let's go through some of these notes that I made. As you can see, my messy scribbly notes right there. What did I have? Okay, so coronavirus response. Um, the vice president did seem quite evasive at times throughout the debate, especially on the coronavirus pandemic. I think Mike Pence really did struggle to defend the administration's record on the pandemic, especially considering he's the head of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. And so he kept going on with the usual Trump talking points about stopping planes from China and all that stuff, which, you know, in yes, initially is important, but once you have community spread, then it makes no difference stopping flights in February because we're now in October and 200,000 people have died. So it's about what you've done during the pandemic in the spring and the summer that's really under scrutiny here. There was a key moment here when Kamala Harris was able to pivot really, really well. Susan Page, who was the moderator from USA Today, she asked a great question about the health records of President Trump and Vice President Biden. And uh, I think it was something to do with um, whether they were being transparent, both candidates, whether they were being honest with the American people about their health records. And Kamala Harris did a great thing where she pivoted from Trump's health records to his tax records in just a little switch like that. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, the quote here was, you owe money to someone, saying that Donald Trump, you know, in point blank terms, Donald Trump owes money to someone, making it absolutely abundantly clear that Donald Trump is in some trouble with his taxes. They talked about infrastructure, Kamala Harris talking about Infrastructure Week, which, you know, we all know about and it didn't happen and stuff like that. What was interesting, and one of the interesting observations that I saw from the debate 
was that, you know, when Pence kept interrupting Kamala Harris, she, she oftentimes was quite patient. She oftentimes didn't want to react. She didn't want to appear to be aggressive. You know, part of the whole gender stereotyping about angry black women and that kind of thing, you could see that, you know, at times there was some restraint there on her part. Um, Pence would be making a point about something and Kamala was very, very careful not to sort of like attack and jump in. Um, I think she was very aware of the image that that might, um, that might create, which is obviously very problematic. And, you know, it's something that clearly her campaign had talked about and planned for. Mike Pence, um, when asked about the, the Affordable Care Act and replacing the Affordable Care Act, um, he said that Trump and himself had a plan for Obamacare replacement and specifically on pre-existing conditions. And that was a point where Kamala Harris should have said, well, what's the plan? Because Mike Pence literally said, we have a plan for replacing Obamacare and protecting pre-existing conditions. And then that was it. It was just left in the open. And I think there was a missed opportunity there for Kamala Harris to come out and say, where's the plan? What is the plan? What does it look like? Because Trump's been promising a plan since the 2018 midterms and it's not appeared. So I think that was a missed opportunity there for her. And of course, the other um, big debate was on the Supreme Court, where Mike Pence was talking about um, the president set beforehand with US Supreme Court nominees in election years. And then Kamala Harris came along and said, oh, excellent, we're having a nice history lesson on the Supreme Court. Let's have a nice history lesson. Whilst at the same time, unfortunately, dodging a question on packing the court, um, would Joe Biden and Kamala Harris support packing the court if Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed, Kamala Harris numerous times dodged the question, which I was very surprised about, even though, of course, Joe Biden said it's a distraction, I would have thought that Kamala Harris would have had an answer for that, because I'm pretty certain she was expecting that question to come up from Mike Pence, and Mike Pence made a deliberate point of going after her on that, saying, for the record, folks, the answer is, yes, she would support back in the court. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, is very sensitive for them right now. They don't really want to go into that kind of debate because that's more of a fringe thing, although you do have some prominent senators saying, you know, we should pack the court if Amy Coney Bright gets confirmed. So that was that. Um, but I think there was a bit of an own goal on Kamala Harris's part. It, you know, didn't exactly inspire confidence. On the other hand, something that was quite shocking, something that I didn't pick up on, actually, until after the debate when I was checking Twitter... People were talking about the fact that when Mike Pence was asked whether or not um, Roe v. Wade should be handed back to the states, and specifically what he would want the state of Indiana to do, his home state, if Roe v. Wade was uh, overturned, Mike Pence didn't explicitly say if he wanted abortion to be made illegal. He didn't explicitly give an answer on that which was quite something. I didn't realise that specific point until afterwards. It kind of washed over. But Mike Pence didn't give a firm answer on Roe v. Wade, which is quite horrifying uh, if you're a conservative, especially because, you know, this is one of the issues that in 2016, Trump was absolutely adamant if that he, you know, he was saying at the time in 2015, 2016, that if I win, Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Absolutely no question. And a lot of the pundits are arguing that Mike Pence's evasion on that answer is because of the gender gap that you're now seeing in the polls. Biden has a very, very substantial lead on several polls amongst women, specifically suburban women, who of course we've spoken about on the podcast before, were crucial in seeing the Democrats' majority in the House in 2018. And now 
suburban women, places like Pennsylvania, places like Michigan, Arizona, you know, they they are heavily swinging towards Joe Biden. And I think that his evasion on that answer might be a nod to the fact that they need to claw back some of that support from that demographic. Mike Pence also doesn't say whether or not he and President Trump will accept the election results, and they go into, and, he, and he went into a whole thing about mail-in ballots and all that nonsense, which isn't true. So overall, my impression of the debate was that I think um, both candidates were good. I don't think there were any spectacular moments. I don't think a candidate particularly won or lost. We're about to find out um, what the polls were but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a narrow victory for one over the other I wouldn't say a candidate won it as such I thought they were both very competent um I thought Kamala Harris definitely played it safe in her attacks um well she attacked Donald Trump quite a bit but she didn't sort of create a firestorm or create a moment that could be spoken about over the next few days I think what will be talked about is Mike Pence's evasion on Roe v Wade Kamala Harris's evasion on packing the court those will be the main things that I talked about, but that's not really different to what was in the cycle beforehand. So Kamala Harris, 10-point lead, well, 8-12-point to 12 point lead, 8-16-point to 16 point lead at this point in some of the national polls. NBC has Biden leading by 14 or 16 or whatever. So I think the Biden-Harris team were very, very clear that Kamala Harris should play it safe, not cause any drama, do what she has to do. Mike Pence did what he had to do, cool as a cucumber, evaded some questions but you know he showed up he reassured conservatives that if they elect uh donald trump again you know the conservative agenda will will succeed conservative judges supreme court um taxes uh pence went after kamala harris and joe biden on taxes talking about the tax cut and the fact that joe biden would uh, get rid of the tax cut um, and then Kamala Harris was like no 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 Joe Biden's promised that no American who earns under $400,000 would pay any more in taxes that was a whole debate that went on so Mike Pence playing the conservative talking points Kamala Harris playing the liberal talking points climate change supreme court again I don't think either candidate necessarily won but then again I definitely don't think any candidate lost as such and so I don't think that this changes the race that much at all um I think it's pretty much where we left it. And as I said at the start, I thought it was, you know, nothing too spectacular. And if anything, it was quite boring. But as I say, probably more of a good thing after what happened last week. Will there be another debate on the 15th of October? Trump says he wants to turn up. Um, but will he be well enough? Fingers crossed he is well enough. And we'll see how that one plans out next week. Thank you for listening to Nonstop Politics. If you enjoyed, why not follow us on Instagram at Nonstop Politics? And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.